Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. And this morning, as you stand to your feet, I want to I wanna challenge you on a, a message. When it comes to sharing your faith, it's always a very difficult thing because we always consider when it comes to faith that being a matter that's very personal, very private, something that we're, we might be uncomfortable doing. I, I was born and raised in a church that, a uh, real small Spanish church that was right around the corner here on Center Road. And it was a house that was turned into a church. And as the church grew, we went from the living room, then we knocked down the, the wall to the family room, and then it became, you know, they, they just turned that house into a little church. And that, that church began to grow over those years. And I remember one of the things that we had to do is that we did training on Saturday mornings where they would bring families together and you would train on how to soul win. How many have ever heard that term soul win? Okay, some of you, who's never heard the term winning souls? Okay, then, then you're, you're in for a treat this morning because uh, this is, back in the day, they, they had these gatherings that would come together in order for you to share your faith with people. And you would go door to door, like a Jehovah Witness, door to door, knock on the door, and you would be there, and you would share your faith with whoever was behind the door. Now, the problem is it's Saturday morning. Don't bug me on Saturday morning. Saturday morning, you know, I'm, I'm watching cartoons, eating cereal. It's a, it's a chill day. And we'll explain this to you in, in a moment. What, what does CWC exist for? Love God, love people, change the world. That's why we exist. That's our mission statement. That's our why. We don't, like Chick-fil-A does chicken. Uh, and, and in and out does burgers, we do Jesus. That, that's who we are. That's what we exist for. And so we have to specialize in what we do. And we, we operate according to the great commandment to the great commission. The great commandment is found, turn, turn your Bibles with me to Matthew 22. I'm laying a foundation this morning, so stay with me, okay? Uh, and this is a little housekeeping that we're going to do right now. So if, you are, uh, if you're new to Christian Worship Center this morning, I apologize. We're going to handle a little housekeeping this morning, all right? We're going to do a little housekeeping. And so we, we invite you to listen in. We invite you to be challenged. But Luke, Matthew chapter 22, verse 38 says this. Jesus replied when someone asked him what the great... the, the uh, most important commandment was, he says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Everyone say, love God. Then we go from the great commandment to the great commission. Matthew 28, verse 18 says this, Jesus came and told them, last words he spoke, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. How much authority does God have? All. All authority, therefore... Because I have all authority, he now gives that authority to us. And he says, go and make disciples of all nations. Not in all nations, of all nations. In other words, we have a message, we have a a power, we have an understanding that will not just touch nations, but it has the capacity to transform nations. Say it again, Pastor. You you don't understand the power that you have within you. You don't understand the the power you have at your disposal right now. 
He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, teach these new disciples to obey. Someone say obey. Obey. All the commandments I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Pray with me now. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. As you're seated, I want to know, how many of you have ever heard of the Great Commission? Raise your hand if you've heard of the Great Commission. Okay, put your hands down. Let me do it this way. How many have never heard of the Great Commission? Lift your hands. Quite a few, okay? This is important because the Great Commission is the final commandment Jesus gave to his followers before he left earth. Amen. If there's something important that someone has to say, they usually say it before they... Pass away. The last word. They don't have time to, to talk about sports or weather or things. They, they, they get out the information that's important to get out. And Jesus' final words to his disciples were to go and make disciples, not in all nations, but of all nations. There's a mandate that's been placed on us. And when, when uh, a poll was done recently, and now that we do the hand, raising of hands, I understand why. Take a look at this. Barna did a poll, and they, they did a study on, on the Great Commission. How many people understood the Great Commission? Less than 6% were not sure of what it was. 17% knew what it was and what it meant. 25% Heard of it, but didn't really know the meaning of it. And 51% of those that were followers of Christ didn't have a clue what the Great Commission was. Now, if you didn't know, that's on me as your pastor. Not on you, this is on me. If we're failing in the aspect of people getting to know what the commission, your purpose on earth for, it is. See, many of us are more proud of our business, more proud of our sports teams, more proud of our hobbies, more proud of our political standing than we are about our God. Oh, please say that again, Pastor. We we got more passion about our business, our our, our, our political statements according to our sports teams. We'll put Niners or, or Raiders everywhere. As much as the Raiders suck, we plaster them everywhere. Don't worry. Niners are one spot ahead of us in the draft, so we all suck right now. Okay? But we're more proud of our sports teams than we are of our God. And the NFL commissioner never said, in order to be a fan of the Niners or the Raiders, you have to promote your team. Never said that. But Jesus did. He gave us a mandate. He told us to go and make disciples. And what the brutal reality is this. Everything that Jesus went through, through the cross, through coming to earth, being whipped, being bruised, being being mocked. He didn't go through all of that so that we could have a church service. Say it again, Pastor. Jesus wasn't given all authority so that we could just have church, sing a song, hear a message, and go home and make no difference. The same mandate, someone say mandate. 
same mandate that he gave to Adam and Eve didn't change in, in, in the book of Matthew. When he said go into all the world, it was the same mandate he had given Adam and Eve when he created them in his image. And this is what he told them. He says, go and be fruitful and fill. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, he says this. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. God gave us the responsibility in the book of Genesis to go throughout the world. And Phil, they were never supposed to stay in the Garden of Eden. They were supposed to take the resources of the Garden of Eden and then go replant them and multiply them throughout the world. Oh, come on. Somebody say amen. We, we gather on Sundays. I'm here pouring out seed. It's the word of God. And the seed that I'm pack, passing out to you, you're supposed to take and then reproduce and plant gardens where you live. Why? To transform the earth. That's what you're here for. Listen, the earth has to be better because of you. Your business has to be better because of you. Your school has to be better because of you. Your neighborhood has to be better because you're there. Oh, come on, people. You see, there was a book that was written recently and made this, it made this observation. One of the things that has killed evangelism in, in the United States of America are two inventions. Air conditioning and garage door openers. Because back in the day, it was so hot inside in the evenings... That you couldn't sit inside. So all the families would come outside on the porch. And they would hang out in the porch at night and you would get to know your neighbors. The kids would be riding bikes up and down the street and the cool breeze would be coming in. Everyone hung out outside. But the moment air conditioning was created, we we didn't leave our houses no more. Nobody sit on their porch. Now we have this thing called a garage door opener that you drive up to your house, you don't even have to get out and wave at them anymore. You just drive up, press the button, drive right in, press it again, and it's closed. There's no communication, no relation, no conversation. That's why Jesus had to tell us to go. Now, Now, go for what? Go reach, go reach and teach. Say that with me. Go, reach, and teach. If you had the cure to cancer, would you keep it to yourself? If you knew where there was a place, now this probably isn't going to work. You knew there was a place that was handing out a million dollars, would you go and tell other people about it? Probably not. You'd probably just keep going there yourself. I remember when we, as kids, going knocking on the doors. As we, we were, I'd be with my mom and dad, and they were like, before you knock on the door, you pray. You pray. Ask God to be there with you. Prepare the hearts of the people that you're going to knock. I prayed all the time. God, please let nobody be there at the house right now. Please let nobody be there. God, let no one be home on this block. Let everyone be gone. This Because I got tired of us knocking on the door. Slam. Slam, slam, slam. No, no. Just people. And then the curtain's going open. You know that they're there and they, they, you're knocking on the door. And if you were anything like Sean, they would just, Sean would just keep on knocking. I know you're in there. 
I know you're in there. Hey, hey, start checking the door, start shaking it a little bit. Right? Most people, when they come to know Christ, come to know Christ between the ages of 4 and 14. 4 and 14. Take a look at these statistics here. 0 to 4, usually 1%. uh, Over 30, 4%. So the older we get, the less chance of us having an encounter with God takes place. Yet there's some of you that had an encounter with God when you got older. You made a decision to follow God when you got older. But over 85% of people that receive Christ usually do between 14, 4 and 14, which means why are we investing so much money into adults? All our services are geared towards adults. Everything we do is according to adults. And if it's those people that between ages of 4 and 14, shouldn't we invest more in that age group? Oh, come on, church. Shouldn't we find ourselves doing our best to reach the 4 to 14 uh, gap, that window, making sure that we don't allow a child between those ages to leave this place without accepting Christ as their Lord and Savior? Why? Because it's a matter of heaven and hell. And those people that do come to know Christ, do you realize this? How many of you, uh, you, you know, you've heard of the, the big outreaches. We did the car shows, and we're, we've done the car shows. We've done the outreaches. We've done the concerts and you, the Billy Graham crusades and all that stuff. Do you realize less than 1% of people that accept Christ do so at those big venues? But over 83% of those that receive Christ do so at a personal invitation of a friend. Great commission's important. Why? Because it's relational. Great commission's important. Why? Because it's one-on-one. If we're going to change the world, we're not going to do it in one moment. What's the saying? How do you eat an elephant? One life at a time. See, why, why don't we do it? I'm just share these things, and then we're going to close. I'm, I'm going to do my best to get done faster than I did last service, okay? Number one, let me give you five reasons why many of us don't share our faith. Number one, we're afraid to, right? Come on, like I said, we're more bold about our teens than, than because we don't want to be rejected for something we believe in. That's why some of us stay away from politics, because it's just, it's just a, a hot topic issue. You, you're careful in those areas. Number two, we don't do so because we didn't know we're supposed to. Heck, I just asked how many know what the Great Commission was, and over half of us didn't even know what the Great Commission was, didn't even know it was our responsibility. That we, It's not about just getting my life right, but I have a responsibility about encouraging other people to find Jesus too. Number three, we don't feel qualified. Well, I don't, I don't know much about the Bible. I don't know, really know much about Jesus, a virgin birth, and you know, miracles, signs. And, I don't know about all that stuff, him coming back. I, I really don't, I, I'm not a Bible scholar. Or number four, we just don't want to be pushy. And in this climate, I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to make someone feel uncomfortable. I don't want to come up to them. And again, if you're, if you're Sean, you're, you're okay with that. Hey, man, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? And he'll follow you down. We had a visitor one time show up to the church. He followed them to the parking lot. <laughs> hey, give me your number. Give me your number. 
you know Jesus, give me your number. Remember that? That was last week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and number five, we just become too complacent. Just really don't give a rip if my neighbor goes to hell. Just don't care if anyone else comes to know Christ as long as I'm getting in. See, how do we share the love of Jesus? Let me give you three real quick points to kind of focus in on. Number one, use what you have. Everyone say that with me. Use what I have. In, in the book, in fact, turn your Bibles with me as you, as you do so to the book of Luke chapter 5. As you're turning to Luke 5, you're going to find a story about a guy by the name of Levi. Not Levi's, but Levi. He, he was, he was uh, we also know him as Matthew. He wrote a gospel. He was one of the disciples. And one day Jesus was passing by and Jesus calls this tax collector to come follow him. Now, that might not seem like a big deal to you, like, oh, he had a job. It was good. Jesus called this businessman. No, the tax collector was the worst of the worst when it came to sinners. He was worse than a child molester, worse than a murderer, because to the Jewish community, a tax collector was a, was a, a thief against their own people. The Roman government would hire people, Jewish people, to represent the Rome to go collect taxes for them because they knew the people. So the Rome would say, we need 10% from every person, but the tax collector would go out and I would collect 20 from him. I would collect 17 from him. I would collect 25 from him because he makes more. I would collect maybe 12 from her and I would go along and I would take whatever I could from whoever I could. I would give Rome their percentage, but I would keep the rest for myself. And Rome didn't care. As long as they got their cut. So the Jewish people hated tax collectors. But when Jesus is walking by, he says, follow me. And this man's making great money. If He, he was a modern day IP, he, uh, owner of, of Google or, or, or Amazon. He was making money. He was doing great. And Jesus walks by right when they're about to go public and release their IPO. Jesus says, come and follow me. And he does. He leaves it all. What's he do? Luke chapter 5 verse 29 says that he, paraphrasing, he threw a party. Jesus forgave me. He touched me. He gave me a new opportunity at life. He doesn't hate me like everyone else does. He invited me in to become a follower of his. Everyone knows who he is. And yet he didn't look at my job. He didn't look at my past. He didn't look at my failure. And he invited me to become a follower of him. So he invites all the other cast outs, rejects, and tax collectors to come to his house for a party. Fires up the grill. Gets some carne asada going. Hamburgers, hot dogs. I don't know. They probably had a few brews out there as well. He wasn't totally saved yet, okay? But he, he has a party. And he invites them out to meet Jesus. L- look what Jesus says when they complain about Jesus eating with tax collectors and sinners. Jesus tells them, this is kind of cold, what he tells them. He says, it is not the, 
I don't know about you. I'd be offended. In verse 31, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I didn't come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. He's talking with all these tax collectors, with the leaders, and he's calling Matthew sick, and he's calling Matthew unrighteous and a sinner. He looks over at him, you know you are. You know, the thing about most sinners is that they know they're pretty jacked up. You know you need help. You know you need Jesus. You know you need to change. When you're really ready to meet God, you know that you've messed up. You don't need anyone to point it out. You just recognize it. All Matthew did is invite people to a party to meet Jesus. What am I telling you this morning? Use what you have. Use what you, you have a boat? Get the boat out. Take some friends out on a boat and tell them you're not going to take them back to shore until they accept Jesus. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, you have uh, tickets, season tickets to, to games. Invite a friend, take him out. Share Christ with them. You, you, got, you got a listening ear? Take time to listen to what someone's going through. You have something to share with someone. You have something to share. You have something to give. And what some people need is just time. All they need is for you to take time to use what you have. Someone say, use what you have. God can use what you have to be relational, to bring someone else out of the gates of hell into the gates of heaven. All it takes is a friend. Number two, everyone say number two. You can invite someone to church. Worship team, if you would help me. I want you to recognize that. You don't have to be a, you don't have to be a preacher. Just invite someone. Hey, you want to go to church with me? Easter Sunday is the perfect time for that because most people come to church on Easter. Hey, come on, come on. They got an Easter egg hunt. They got this going on. But I want you to, to, to see when Jesus goes uh, and, and just write the scripture down, John chapter 4, verse 28, Jesus goes to this well and as he's looking for something to drink, the Bible says that there's this woman that meets him there. And Jesus says, you know what? If you ask of me, I'll give you living water and you'll never thirst again. And she says, give me some of this water. He says, well, bring your husband to me and I'll give it to you and to them. And she goes, I'm not married. She goes, you're right. You're not married. You have five husbands and the guy that you're with right now isn't your husband. Most people would have ended the conversation right there. Most people would have judged her at that moment. But Jesus says, I know what you've gone through. I know what you've been through. I know who you are. But I still see value in you. You know what she does? She runs to the city, to the very people that rejected her. Why was she there in the afternoon? Most women got the water in the morning. She went in the afternoon because she was tired of being ridiculed by the women at the well. By all the other ladies that were there. She went in the afternoon because no other, none of the other ladies would come in the, at that time to gather water. They all came in the morning when it was cool. She went through the heat of the day just to get away from these ladies that were judging her. And then she goes to those very people to say, come see the one that told me all about my life. Could he be the Messiah? You might treat me wrong, but I want to invite you to meet the Messiah. You might have put me down, but I want to introduce you to the Messiah. You might not believe in my character, but I want you to know the Messiah, the Deliverer, the Savior. 
to trip and she didn't memorize a script. She didn't preach a sermon. She didn't lead anyone in prayer. All she said is, come check him out. Come check Jesus out. That's all we have to do. Just invite. Look around right now. There's someone in your class that's hurting and looking for comfort. There's someone at your gym that's feeling discouraged. Discouraged that their arms aren't as big as yours. They're not in as good a shape as you are. I saw that picture of you outside the gym. You see someone searching in need of direction. All they need is an invitation. Folks, you are the light of the world. The Bible calls you the salt of the earth. God wants to partner with you to impact someone's life. But let, let me say this as, as we close this morning. Salt was used as a preservation to preserve because they didn't have refrigeration in those days. They would take a piece of fish, encase it in salt to draw out the moisture from it in order to let it not rot. Same thing with meat. The Bible says when salt loses its flavor, it's no longer good but to be cast out onto the road. When does salt become no good? When it's what? When it what? When it takes on the flavor of the thing that it was preserving. That's good insight. Bible college. It's a Bible college student right there. Whenever the salt begins to taste like the thing it was supposed to preserve, starts tasting like fish, starts tasting like meat, that salt's no good anymore. It can't preserve anything anymore. You got to throw it away. The moment we assault, start tasting like the world that we've been called to preserve, we're no longer useful. As I close, the final thing that we need to understand is tell your story. Every one of you has a story. Every one of you has a story to share. To, uh, you might not know all about theology. You not, might not know about all the intricacies of, of this religion, that religion, this denomination or that denomination. Well, what church do you go to? What denomination? I don't know what church or what denomination. All I know is that I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I was broke, but now I'm restored. My marriage was falling apart, but God put it back together. I can't tell you how it all happen all I know is that Jesus did something to me when this blind man gets healed by Jesus they say oh he's a sinner he's this he's that and Jesus responds or the blind man says listen I don't know if he was a bad man or a good man all I know is that I was blind but now I see all I know is that he made a change in my life the greatest testimony for who Jesus is is in your changed life. When you let God change you, it becomes a testimony to everyone around you. Tell your story. And when they question him again, he says, what, you heard the story already. Do you want to become his followers? 
He invites them. You guys want to follow Jesus too? He'll open your eyes too because y'all are blind. What I'm telling you this morning, we have a responsibility to share Jesus with people. Some of you are feeling panicked. We're not going door to door after church. Okay? I'm not going to put you through that trauma. I'm still in counseling for that time. Every time the door knocks, I freak out. (laughs) Tell your story. All I know is that the same Jesus that transformed my life can transform yours too. My mom, when she was a little girl, and they migrated from Puerto Rico to Danville area. Their whole family moved. My grandfather was a, was a government official in Puerto Rico, but they got invited to another opportunity out here. But when they got here, they didn't realize that the opportunity they were invited to wasn't what they said. So instead of stepping into something better, my grandfather goes from a government official into a field worker. And the whole family went into the fields. While they were out there working the fields, they were staying at a ranch in Danville. And there was a, they heard about this family that was ministering. There was a 12-year-old girl that was an evangelist that was preaching. And my mom heard about this little girl who's about her age preaching the word. And so the family gets together and they all go to this farm and it's at this farm that my mom sees this family and this 12-year-old girl begins to preach and my mom is so enamored that when she gives the altar call to receive the invitation to receive Jesus, my mom receives Christ as her Lord and Savior. You know what? I'm grateful for that 12-year-old girl. I'm grateful that she shared her story. Because if she doesn't share her story and there's a man that's preaching that morning, my mom isn't moved and decides to go to that outreach because she doesn't care about a man preaching, but a 12-year-old girl relates to her. I'm grateful for that 12-year-old girl. Because if that 12-year-old girl doesn't impact my mom, I'm not here today. Well, you could have clapped on that part. That would have been nice, you know, that little. You're like, shoot, we could have got rid of that little girl. who have been fine. What can you do? You can use what you have. Invite someone to church. And you can share your story. I have the ushers. If you would stand to your feet with me right now, begin to pass these out. I am believing God to revive these lives. Many of the times we don't share Christ because we do not even have a target who was it that one time said when you aim for nothing you'll hit it every time this is going to give us 
the ability to aim at something. The first name that you might put on here might be your own. The first life you're believing God to restore might be yours. But this is your 10 most wanted list. 10 miracle list. Your 10 most enemies list. See, if your enemy comes to know Christ, maybe they'll stop being your enemy and become your friend. Right? 10 most shock list. I'd be shocked if that person comes to Jesus. Put their name down. Ten most free. I need this person to be free from whatever they've been in bondage to. And the ten most love list. Write down the people you love. That you're believing God to set free. On Easter Sunday, we're believing every one of these names that we write on here. We're going to bring them on Easter Sunday. We're going to believe God to touch them. I'm preaching a message that morning called It Is Finished. We're starting a new series in two weeks called The Red Letters. Preaching the red letters of Jesus, the words that Jesus said. And we're going to, on Easter Sunday, speak on it is finished. That everything you need is done. God has completed everything you need for your life. You're looking at things as incomplete. God sees it as already done. I want you to, I want to challenge you right now to write down these names. I mean, you're going to take this home. You don't have to do it right now. You can put it on the cross or you can take it home and begin to pray for these people. Keep them in your car. Every time you see it, pray over these individuals. But before we do that, heads bowed and eyes closed. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.